Welcome to Leading Tomorrow, the Oakwood podcast about human resources, leadership, and the future of the workplace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oakwood podcast series. My name is Saima, and I'll be your host. Today's podcast is about performance management. Performance management is essential to businesses. It's all about alignment of employees, resources, and systems towards strategic objectives. Yet there are several organizations where the performance management system is either misaligned, unclear, or simply broken. I'd like to give a very warm welcome to our guest today, Harry Puckering, who is an associate consultant at Oakwood International. Harry is going to be talking to us about performance management today. Welcome to the Oakwood Podcast. How are you. you? Well, I'm all right. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Okay. An associate with Oakwood. I've actually been a, um, a learning and development person for 22 years. Wow. And before that, I had a previous career as a publisher. I've worked with Oakwood for at least 15 of those 22 years. So wow. that's an awfully long time. And a fun time. Yes, and a fun time. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Wonderful. So um, I'm going to start talking about performance management from a very foundation sort of a perspective. So let's say I'm a new joiner in the organization. Let's say I'm a fresh graduate and I come up to you and I ask, could you please explain performance management to me? Well, it would depend whether you were in the HR department or not. Let's say you're not in the HR department. What I say to you is, what what performance management does, it gives you a consistent, good management, humane management, evidence-based coaching, frequent and regular meetings with your manager. Okay. That's, what it, that's the benefit to you as a graduate if you're not in HR. Mm-hmm. If you are in HR, you get all of those benefits plus performance management is the best way mm-hmm. that the HR department can plan its operations because it's an amazing source of data. Good. That's very interesting. So looking at it from both perspectives, mm. so HR and non-HR. Yeah. All right. Okay. So why is performance management seen as inefficient, <laughs> tiring, and awkward. Um, Would you say that's that's the perception that we have? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, frankly, it's because HR and senior management haven't stepped up and taken it seriously. Why? Because they treat it as a bureaucratic and transactional operation, a form-filling operation. I think that's that's the death of it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, it, whereas it's not that. That is that is a tiny surface level of performance management. When right. actually, performance management is a quite a lot of work for everybody involved, and b it's based upon building really good relationships between employees and their line managers. And that takes time and energy and focus. And consistency, doesn't it? And consistency. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Consistency, commitment. I think these are the things that you need as opposed to it being a paper-filling exercise. Yeah. 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 And and I'm going to go back to it again. It is based upon good management. It is based upon humane appreciation between people. 
And okay. if that isn't how, and and HR need to realise that what they're policing, if they're policing something, that's, isn't that's forms it. being filled in. It's making sure that line managers and employees have regular, meaningful conversations so about work. That's so true. I think yeah. regular and meaningful is is very important, and I think it's the whole concept of the policing that you rightly put it as I think that's the problem that we're policing people that you have to do it so it's more of me having to get this out of the way this sort of a, a nuisance factor if I can mm. call it that yeah. rather than me wanting to actively sit with my uh, employee or my line manager vice versa and have that conversation mm. because again it's very very you know staged don't you think the conversations are very staged well they are um yeah. and there are a number of activities in work that are hr's responsibility mm -hmm. like recruitment and selection for example okay but for most of them hr as well as being responsible for those activities are actually sitting in so in most recruitment activities hr are there doing it beside line managers Right. The peculiarity with performance management is HR is responsible for, for designing the system, right. setting it up, right. you know, training people, supporting people right the way through it. But they don't do it with line managers, except when they're performance managing their own internal HR staff. So in other words, during the, the key moments, those key conversations. Yeah line managers are left by themselves and HR basically wash their hands of it, walk away. Thank you very much. Mm. I think that's, that's the problem, I feel, personally. Hmm. If I'm just coming in, and again, I'm going to, I don't want to overuse the word policing, hmm. but I think it's very apt in this context, yep. that instead of me sort of, you know, coming in and saying, well, Harry, um, it's been six months, it's mid-year, let's, let's talk about the performance review, mid-year performance review. And at the end, I'm sending you umpteen reminders that you need to do this. Mm. So you don't, you as a line manager, don't feel like you're supported or HR is not seen as a partner in this process. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's interesting that you talked about a bureaucracy uh, when it when it comes to this process. So uh, Lazo Bock, who's the senior vice president of people operations at Google says, that performance management as practiced by most organizations has become a rule-based bureaucratic process existing as an end in itself rather than actually shaping performance. Yeah. Employees hate it, managers hate it, even HR departments hate it. Mm. So what are we getting wrong and why the bad press? Well, because it's not being given attention priority. What HR and L&D departments do is they often subcontract the design of the performance management process to external occupational psychologists or consultants who come in, they design a process, and then HR see themselves as purely being police. Yeah. Whereas what needs to happen is the HR need to be role models, advocates. Right. Take, you know, they need to be completely involved in it. The only thing they are not doing is sitting in the performance management meetings that Should line they? managers have. No, 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 God, no, of course okay. not. But what they should be doing mm -hmm. is making sure that managers have enough support, learning in advance, training, so that managers, when they go and have individual meetings with their staff, right, feel comfortable doing so. So the reason why I'm not feeling comfortable as a line manager is because there's a lack of clarity. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's, so, it's, and okay. support. 
Yeah. And clarity and support. Yeah. So why am I as HR? So working backwards, why am mm. I subcontracting this? This this whole process, the the performance management piece as HR. Why am I subcontracting it to occupational psychologists? Um. Okay. The reason why anybody in business probably doesn't do a good job is they don't understand the significance of what they're doing. True. So all too often there are people in HR who once again, you know, they've, they've joined as a junior, there's a pre-existing performance management system, and they think that that's, a, that's it. All they have to do is make sure that, as you said, managers do their two yearly reviews, and that's, yeah. that's all they need to do. So why fix something if it isn't broken is the mentality that we need to change. And yeah, exactly. And what HR need to realize is, as I've said at the beginning, mm -hmm. the performance management process outputs of those meetings is the best source of information they're going to have about what's going on in the organization. So that when they write their reports, do their planning, HR planning, learning and development planning, succession planning, career planning, learning and development planning, they need information to make the decisions and the performance management process gives them that information. If every single HR department was actually taking all the information that comes from line managers, yeah. compiling it, analyzing it, making decisions based upon it, they would realize that the performance management is important and then they would probably start supporting line managers to get the information they need. Good, so the onus lies on both the line managers and on it on HR, if not more on HR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, this is this is the peculiar nature of performance management. One of the peculiar natures in that it is the most important source of information for HR. It is the mm -hmm. responsibility of, of HR to make sure it happens. But except for the people they are line managing themselves, they have to get line managers to do it. So for yeah. me, this sits, this sits right at the heart of delegation, of leadership and management, of, of HR stepping up and taking a strategic role in the organization. Personally, yeah. I think it's the most important thing HR people should be doing. Having a strategic role mm -hmm. and yeah, being seen as a strategic partner. Yeah. Good. Can I say a little thing about Google? Of though? You can. The thing about Google is they do not do career progression. So one of the reasons why he could say exactly what he said is that Google is an unusual organization. Google takes people on yeah. and basically to do one job and yeah. they will support them completely to do that job as well as possible. Yeah, they have the autonomy in the... Yeah. But they, don't, they do not necessarily believe in promotion. So, so Laszlo Block, Bock's quote is really interesting because what he's talking about is getting people to do their current jobs as well as possible. But then also improve on those jobs improve on those jobs, but keep people in the same jobs. Remember, in most organizations, what we believe in is recruit from within. We want to develop people. We want to see people move through the organization and take more senior jobs and do different things. We want people to have careers. True. So Google is a great organization to look at, but we shouldn't treat them as being the perfect example because they're only one organization. Agreed. Okay. But that's a very interesting point you make. So let's say We've seen people, um, colleagues, or we've heard of people who've worked in organizations and have been in that role for the past 12, 15 years, and they're fine with it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. to be honest with you, not everyone needs to be a CEO at the end of the day or want to progress in their career. I'm happy where I am. 
Where does performance management fit in for those kinds of employees? Everybody needs to feel like their job counts. And everybody, in order to do a good job, needs to be motivated. They need to have morale. They need to believe that what they're doing means something. And for that, they need feedback. Now, I'm I'm probably going to mention this more than once, but do you remember the Hawthorne effect from almost 100 years ago? Yeah. Uh, You know, talked about a lot, but the Hawthorne effect, put very simply, is people work better when other people pay attention to them. True. So for those people who are working in your organization, who are perfectly happy doing the job they are doing now and just want to keep on doing that, true, they still need to have attention paid to them. And, and if also they be do, given a sense of purpose. And be given a sense of purpose. But the, yeah. the sense of purpose often comes from being noticed, being recognized. I agree. What's new in performance management? One thing I could draw your attention to is uh, PM Insight, which is an online magazine produced by the CIPD. Mm-hmm. has just released, literally this week, just released a new report on um, um, uh, management around COVID-19 and in lockdown. Okay. And one of the sections of this is specifically about performance management. And it's a good article. It's quite short. Yeah. Um, you can, I think there'll be a link associated with the podcast. Yes. Says, hopefully. Lovely. Yes. Okay. Yes, we'll and in there, you'll see that there's a, a description of performance management which is really, which really summarizes a lot of modern thinking. So, it, which is definitely moving towards this humane, relationship-based, regular, meaningful meetings, rather than some kind of inane measurement. It also, by the way, just talks about how appalling it is to see organizations starting to use online surveillance, and the online surveillance, you know, basically. Tr- tracking what people are doing on screen yeah. now that everybody is working on the screen yeah. is not performance management it's very big brother it's very big brother performance yeah. management i'm keep i'm going to say it again and again and again is about building relationships between employees no, and their line managers i agree with you hmm. the connection needs to be there absolutely yep. so do you think um do you think that covid19 has changed how we manage performance it needs to it needs to it needs to i mean I'm old. When I started working, I worked in in tall, thin, hierarchical companies. I remember the first management course I went on. She said, "Oh, so long ago. I don't even want to think about it." I was told. I was told that every single line manager should have no more than five people reporting to them. That's how old I am. That, no, you're not old. Come but, on. But, but what <laughs> happened in the 80s and then the 90s and the 2000s is we, ha- we, we, we delayed organizations. So suddenly line managers yeah. had broad, flat organizations, many, many more people reporting to them. And then, of course, matrix management was introduced. Yeah. And, then, and then kind of old-style virtual management. So you might be managing people who don't report to you, who are actually contractors um, employed by another organization, who are freelancers, who are, who are flexible workers. True. Then add all of that to homeworking and COVID, the ability to create really meaningful relationships gets harder and harder. So That's in COVID, true, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think the span of control has also evolved with mm. as the organization structure and, and you know, management yeah. has evolved over time. That's true. I was to, uh, on our podcast with John, we were talking about trust uh, when it comes to change management and how because of COVID-19 remote mm. working is now the new normal. 
the yep. most overused term. But um, do you think trust also has a lot to do with performance management as well? Because remote working, I'm working from home. So it's more about quality and not quantity. So just because I'm not in the office, how are you going to manage my performance remotely? is the question, I guess, I'm trying yeah, to ask okay. you. I'll, I'll, there were two questions, though. The first yeah. is trust. Trust, what, absolutely. What COVID-19 has demonstrated is that all those organisations that didn't trust their employees to work independently are now learning that most of the time productivity stays the same or goes up. That if you if you give people yeah. the opportunity to work for themselves, choose their own time, choose their own level, their own focus, productivity goes up. Now, that's something I learned in a job in the 1990s, but it's taken COVID to teach it to the world. So that was the first thing. Second thing is how, how do line managers do it? Well, line managers need to realize that whatever they were doing, which involved themselves and excluded their staff, is probably less important the most important thing they need to be doing is regularly, not irritatingly, checking in with people. It's, it's simple things. It's like saying, I'm now working with people who are, who are in Zoom meetings for seven or eight hours a day. Lord, oh my goodness. And the best people, the best organizations are starting to say, okay, that hour long meeting, is actually going to take 40 minutes, but we're still going to be online for an hour. But the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes are going to be check-in, chat, making yeah. cups of tea. It yeah. is it is, it is, is human connections. It is possible to connect in a humane and meaningful way. But also have like a meal together over Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing I love, I took part in a conference um, online last week and the conference had separate Zoom rooms. One was called the kitchen and one was nice. called the dining room. It's so during good. break times, people would log out of the meeting and go to the kitchen. And in the kitchen, there were people <laughs> sitting around drinking cups of tea and chatting. And in I the dining that. room, there were people <laughs> eating their dinner. And, you know, you didn't have to chat. You were just with people. I love that. I love that. That's so now, creative. Well, it, well, it, it's it's just it's just obvious. We are social mammals. We are absolutely. performance management delivers on that. At least it should do. It's yeah. not about sitting opposite each other over a piece over a piece of paper with one person literally ticking in boxes. It is about two people looking at each other face to face and talking about what's important in work and outside of work. Because this form filling exercise just in a sense, I think demotivates both parties because you know you're just doing it for the sake of record keeping and audit purposes by extension yeah. and not for, not because you genuinely believe in the process. It's it like, sorry, even, I have to do this, you know, so bear with me. It wouldn't even be bad if it was for record keeping and audit, audit purposes. You and I know that a lot of the people we talk to in HR, when you mm -hmm. say to them, what are you doing with the outputs of all these performance management meetings? And what they do is they mime whole, taking a piece of paper, putting it into a drawer and closing the drawer. If they were auditing and record keeping, brilliant. What they're binning doing, it. They've, they've effectively <laughs> binning it. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know. That's sad. That's true. So yeah. it's, it's basically, I think, both parties understanding. And I think senior management also has a major role to play in that. And I'll come to that uh, in yeah. a little while. But what would be the key benefits of performance management? Okay. Not, a, right. not a laundry list, but let's say okay. a couple. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to do, okay, I'll do one benefit for sure. each level, I think, in the organization. Brilliant. So, so for the employees who are being performance management, 
managed. Mm -hmm. That is, they get the attention they deserve. They are Lovely. being noticed, being recognized. Okay? okay. For managers, the people doing day-to-day -day performance management meetings, writing them up, writing reports, sending them to HR, what they get is increased trust, morale, and control. Good. They know okay. what's going on. They have a team they, they can get on with. They work with well. For HR and L&D, I'm going to keep saying this because it's so important. They get information which enables them after analysis to create better reports, to do better planning for all of the things they're responsible for. Okay. Yeah. And then for the organization, including senior management, if all of these things are happening, if performance manager is working, they get higher productivity yeah higher profitability and a sustainable business model that's fantastic well so yeah, yeah all but, three categories understand that this is what i'm getting out of it so what's hmm. in it for me as a function or an yeah. individual yeah. all right good flip side of the coin mm -hmm. what are some key challenges okay all right well um we've already talked about probably the biggest one at the moment which is mm -hmm. virtual working broad flat business structures, wide spans of control, yeah. everything happening online. So that's a massive challenge. Yeah, It is so much harder to maintain a good relationship when all we're doing is meeting as you and I are three right. and a half thousand miles apart. Exactly. That's so that's true. one. Uh, but of course, the other thing is, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do two more challenges. One yeah. is simply time. Um, even if you're saying we need two meaningful meetings a year with prep time beforehand, write-up time afterwards, and we need to collect meaningful evidence about people's performance on, say, a monthly basis. Yeah. If you're managing a team of 10 people, yeah. the hours pile up. Mm -hmm. So managers start to see a great deal of work. And this is less a performance management issue, more a time management issue. Often those same performance, those same line managers, because they haven't been supported by HR, they see performance management as being an, an, an additional workload. So it's time allocating too much time or a lack thereof, both are what, a problem. What they're doing is they're thinking that this is an extra piece of work on Absolutely. top of everything else they, th they think they should be doing. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if those line managers are trained, supported properly by HR, they'll yeah. realize that performance management is the main way by which they are doing their jobs, the main way in which they are delegating out, the main which main way in which they are coaching their employees. It's not additional. It's the way they do it. It's integral. It's integral. That's a much better word than yeah. I used. Okay. All right. So what are some elements of a good performance appraisal? What would you say would, you know, qualify to be a good performance appraisal? A conversation that begins and ends with something other than work to, so to establish words, that connection a recognition that, is, that everyone is a person and i'm just going to jump out of the question for a second and sure. say actually in this environment on zoom or similar mm -hmm. things it's much easier to do that because um you're looking not at somebody necessarily dressed for work at their desk 
you're looking at somebody who's sitting in the room they choose to live in. That's true. And so it's very different. And so you get cats wandering in. You get you yeah. get spouses and partners bringing cups of tea. You get children running in. Yeah. And so performance management needs to recognize that there is a life outside of work and yeah. that work is a is an integral part of that life, incredibly important, but it's only a part. And it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the be-all and end-all. Right. Um, A good performance management meeting, a good appraisal meeting, needs to have an internal structure. Now, um, I'm sure we're going to have other sessions on coaching. So I'm going to say use the use of a good coaching model within performance management by the line manager is really important. Me, I prefer Oscar, which is an update on Grow. Yeah. so in other words, for each of the major objectives, goals, outcomes that the employee is working toward, a structure is followed in the conversation so, so that the important matters are talked about. Yeah. You know, you check in to make sure that the employee knows why they're doing what they're doing. Okay. You, find, you find out what it is is going on for them at the moment. Right. You find out good or bad what could be done differently better in addition what could be changed right you then make a a discussion you reach an agreement about what needs to happen next and you agree a means to review that and that if if done properly you know for for a good performance management meeting where a person might be working for toward five to seven personal objectives you have a detailed conversation about each of those objectives going to take time it is yeah and it's so it's time intensive Mm. but it's the way you look at it yeah so it's not like and it's what you rightly said it's not an add-on yeah it's it's part of it so i'm going to say something else as well which is all too often in the performance management meeting the appraisal meeting what managers think is they think their hands are tied by HR. They think the objectives are a given. They think all they can do is say, yes, you've hit it or no, you haven't. And if they haven't, there's a, hopefully a plan for correction. And if there is, there's there's some kind of reward. What HR needs to train and support line managers to do is to dynamically alter objectives when they, when they need to be. These objectives, they're not set in stone. They're yes, not, that's, they're not that's... rules. Line managers need to realize that they can change things. You know, if somebody's hit an objective, you give them another one. If the if the objective yeah. has become impossible, you recognize that, draw a line in the sand and give them another objective. Yeah. Absolutely. If the if the employee is consistently missing an objective that's really important, you need to take action about it. So you need to be flexible as well. Flexibility is very important. Yeah, line well, line managers need to realise that they themselves have empowerment. They themselves have control yeah. of the meeting. Right. Yeah, and and that okay. comes from support and training from 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 HR. Right. So when when you're establishing connection, it naturally needs to be sincere, mm. and you want to establish that connection rather than wanting to have it, and to naturally avoid micromanagement, which I think is an area that a lot of managers tend to struggle with. Mm. And that could also that could also be in, uh, a problem because of the kind of organization culture that you have. Mm. And I think it's that sense of control that I need to check what Harry is doing, yeah. which will, as a result, have a domino effect and make you feel stifled. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. I'm going to go back to that that performance management insight article that only came out a few days ago, because mm -hmm. in that they suggest a couple of questions which I haven't seen before, but I really like that the, the, the line manager should ask the employee. And those questions are: firstly, what gives you energy? It is a good question because it, like it it you know it, it's moving beyond a task description to finding out what a person really enjoys doing is really good at doing because we know we need to build on strengths so what gives you energy but equally what this article argues is that, is that line managers need to be asking the parallel question which is what drains your energy oh nice and once again when particularly in this environment when we're working virtually when we're yeah. working with people we don't see very often in the real world yeah. there's a lot that is getting in the way of us working at our best yeah. but for different people it's different things yeah. so if a line manager could say you know what drains you of energy and the person and the person says well actually having conversations like this for, for five hours <laughs> i was going to say that yeah <laughs> oh, that's a great example <laughs> i mean i i let me i mean completely out of this let me go back to when i was when i was a line manager i had somebody working with me who was really really i started working with him and he was brilliant yeah. and as time went on his his attitude seemed to go down and down and down. Now we actually, old school, we sat opposite each other in the same office. We were we were all of six feet away, maybe eight yeah. feet away from each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was getting worried. I was building up to his performance management meeting, and I was thinking, this chap has got a behaviour problem. He's got an attitude problem. He's difficult. Yeah. So what did I do? I went and talked to all of the other line managers and other other people who worked with him who came back and was saying, he's great. We love him. In fact, he seems to be better at his job now than he ever has before. Very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation. Mm. So, of course, I then had to deal with the fact that, you know, what I'm seeing is, is bad attitude. What everyone else is seeing is good performance. So in the performance management meeting, I said, what's going on? There's something about our relationship that doesn't seem to be working because I'm getting really, really good feedback from everybody you work with. I'd done an informal 360. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, tell me. He said, okay. He said, you talk too much. <laughs> you sit opposite me. You, you, are, you are an extrovert. You talk all the time and you do a job where you have to be on the phone to people all the time. Right. I'm doing a job where what I have to do is I have to write. I have to write a lot. I have to concentrate and I'm an introvert. Please, Harry, he said, could you just shut up some of the time? <laughs> that was honest feedback. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, easy to deal with. We put up vanity boards. We, we put sound killers. Um, yeah. We sat just as close to each other, but I made sure if I had to make a serious conversation on the phone that was going to last a long time, I used a meeting room. Our relationship went up. I think that's a very interesting anecdote because you have to also be aware of your employees or your team members personality yeah because a lot of people are not very comfortable opening up such as mm -hmm. introverts um and as an extrovert you and i would love to go on and on and on not really realizing that that may be a put off for the person sitting across the table but to bearing this in mind i want to bring in the element of culture so let's mm. say in the West, the dynamics between a line manager and an employee are a little less formal than they are as you move towards the East. 
So mm. how do you think performance management would um, be impacted with a culture shift? That's a really good question. The biggest differences I've noticed have not been between people who grew up in the GCC. The biggest differences I've actually seen have been between Russians and everybody else. Really? And yeah. It's a stark difference, is it? It's, it's a very stark difference because that power distance that I've seen particularly with my Russian students and in conversation with Russian organizations is very, very distinct. You know, you, you see it, it, it's, a, it's a command and control structure. Right. In that organization, in those organizations, you know, I'm, th I'm thinking about Russian oil companies particularly. Basically, the person at the top makes all the decisions and the job of everyone else in the organization is simply to say yes and do it. Or maybe even you, not even not even say yes, just do it. So whether you agree or not, just do it. So it's mm. more of execution than anything else. Yeah. For the lack of a better word. Mm. Yeah. The other, but and and the other thing I, I should say is that is that in training Russian nationals, one of the interesting things is that that there aren't words in the Russian language for really? what we do in HR. There aren't words for performance management, for employee engagement. Oh if, the, goodness, if, there is no, if there is no vocabulary, then trying to put the ideas across is really, really hard. It's a now, challenge. So I would say that, you know, we, it's easy to talk about cultural differences, but actually, if I'm training somebody from the Indian subcontinent or somebody mm -hmm. from the GCC or somebody mm -hmm. from Eastern Europe generally or Western or, Europe. Or Far East. Or Far East. Yeah. You know, their business English, their business vocabulary includes ideas like empowerment. Yes, cultural conditioning might mean that you find it very difficult to to um, to criticize something that your immediate boss is doing. True. But the vocabulary is there to do it. And I have to say that I don't see such an enormous amount of difference. The biggest difference I've seen is when people don't have the vocabulary at all. So once again, for me, this is going back to a supportive environment and support from HR. Yeah. That if, if HR is talking about performance management, not as a form-filling operation, but as a building of a relationship in which people are allowed yeah. at part, during parts of the conversation to tell home truths to each other, and that is encouraged and will not be punished. Okay, it might happen more between to West Germans yeah. than it would between two people from Thailand. Yeah. But they would still have the idea of what of what the meeting is for. Perfect. Whereas there are, there are certain places in the world where actually th that idea is just missing. And why do you think that idea is missing? Okay, all right. Do, do we really want to talk about the politics <laughs> of, the, of the USSR? Not, not really the politics, no. but maybe because I think it, it sort I'll, of I think circles I, back Go yeah, a, a culture where every, all the responsibility is pushed up to the yeah. top is a, is a is an organ is a is a culture where not just modern HR ideas but the, any modern ideas of business are going to be very difficult to implement. If the only people who are making decisions, if the only people who are allowed to speak honestly are the people at the top of the organization, then it's kind of productive. And I doubt that organization is actually going to compete internationally in any meaningful way.
That's true. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole point of modern management is pushing as much responsibility as we can down the organization to the people who actually do the real jobs. Right. Right. And sense. and that whole idea of continuous empowerment, which is underneath performance management, it's underneath learning and development, it's underneath everything we do. That If that idea is missing, you're not going to be dealing with an organization that competes internationally at all. So in order to stay competitive, your conversations yeah. need to be open and honest. So transparency is key. Yeah. All right. So as a line manager, mm. what sort of questions should I be asking in a performance review? Okay, I think we've already answered this, really. So, so, so what, in, in what gives you energy? Yeah, what yeah. gives you energy? Yeah. What drains your energy? Yeah. And then use a good coaching model, okay. whichever one you'll feel, you feel comfortable with. All right. um, and if you don't know anything about coaching, those line managers need to be supported and trained because of learning development and, and, and HR yeah. in using coaching. I don't see any difference between delegation coaching performance management frankly they are just different words for the same activity one in the same yeah 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 okay um and what type of questions should i be asking as an employee in the okay. performance review yeah well what do you need is something that i think every employee needs to understand they need to understand that their boss is working to a set of objectives okay yeah so interesting well you know Formally and officially, um, if I'm a boss, then then if you add up the objectives of all the people who report to me, they should exactly equal my objectives. So there needs to be alignment. So there needs to be alignment. So right. every employee needs to realize that and say, okay, how am I contributing to your objectives? So now that personalizes backwards, it. Yeah. 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 How what what should I be focusing on? Right. Because that's that that's at the heart of it. The chances are in a well-structured organization in which performance management is working well and people have got personal objectives that are actually meaningful. Yeah. My boss will have five to seven objectives, which some of which I can help with. True. And if I've got five to seven objectives, the ones that are best aligned with my boss's objectives are probably the most important. They're certainly the most important to my boss. Naturally, yeah, yeah. In a matrix organization, it gets more complex because I could well be working on a regular basis with a team of people who my boss is not dealing with. So you've got three, two or three people, or, mm. or in one case, a friend of mine had five line managers to report to. Yeah. And he was just being torn in all different directions and five different directions to be specific. Oh, well, of course, at that point, I just say, that is, that is a terrible structure. Absolutely. Okay. You know, matrix management is was introduced largely as a cost cutting operation. It wasn't introduced to make make jobs better. Yeah. Um, in order to run matrix management well, line managers actually have to do more work, not less, because what they have to do is they need to deal with all of the other people who are also interacting with their employee in order yeah. to. And, and that's hard. It takes time. But anyway, going back to your question, so what what do you what what I as an employee should be saying is, well, what do you need? What can I help what are, you with? What are your expectations of me? Yeah, yeah, and well, probably I, also ask for feedback. Like, can I have your feedback? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about think, reverse feedback? I'm, I'm gonna, go I'm, but I'm also gonna say, I'm also gonna say, um, yeah. 
good employees will start even if you know cultural concerns even you know seniority that kind of thing they'll they'll they will also realize that they are there and they can help their boss what would you like what would you really like me to be doing so should i be giving you feedback as my line manager yeah so i'm yeah 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 so i think hr also needs to create that culture of reverse feedback if i can use that term yeah where i can also give you feedback but then I think a lot of line managers also get, they feel slighted. Like, oh, how dare you? I'm supposed to give you feedback and not you to me. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I mean, you know, welcome to 1970. That's, that's, <laughs> that is such an appallingly anachronistic way of working. That's, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like recruitment in the 1970s where the employer sat there with all the cards and the employee was ex expected or the prospective employee was expected to guess what was needed yeah it's it's exactly the same nowadays you know we should have on our company intranet we should have all of the objectives for all of the employees available yeah. so that every employee can say i know what that person really needs i can yeah, help sure. them with it so it's not a guessing game, but it's absolutely clear. It's spelled out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we need to evolve and, and stop being so archaic. Yeah, mm. that's true. So um, what, when I'm delivering a performance management session, I normally say that the talking split between a line manager and an employee needs to be 20-80 because you need to be asking the right sort of questions yeah. in order to get the information out. Yeah. And I guess this point circles back to the point that you were talking about where we need to have a balance and mm. we need to hear out what our employees also say. So, I agree with that. Absolutely. I'm going to interrupt yeah. just for a second though. Sure, go ahead. Just because you as the line manager are spending only 20% of the time talking, it doesn't mean that you've done no preparation. That's true. You, it, it, the, the difficult thing is, is the good line manager has done a ton of preparation yeah. they've they've collected evidence every month or even every week on the employee they've 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 gone out and they've seen all of the other people that employee is talking to and working with on a regular basis yeah. they've had a look at the at the employee's performance they've checked in on on their evaluations of various trainings they've been on they have a stack of evidence and they've they've really read it carefully in advance when they go into the meeting i'm sorry i'm miming zip's lips <laughs> Yeah. They shut up and listen. And that's hard. That is really hard. Because the chances are, most employees, actually, they should, but they haven't done the same amount of preparation. So preparation is key for both parties, actually. It is. Yeah. It's key for yeah. both parties. But like I say, the, the line manager's done more work in advance, but in the meeting, they say less. Because what they want to do is they want to draw out. And that's, what, that's where the coaching school come, comes in. Yeah. So objective and evidence-based is also very important. Yeah. So um, as an organization, what should be my area of focus when I want to create a strong performance culture? Oh, area golly. or areas? Um, oh. oh, I'm going to go back to what I've already said, which is, which is put the manager and the employee relationship at the heart of the business. We know that organizations with great customer service tend to be organizations that, that are profitable. We know that organizations that look after their customer facing staff 
are the organizations that don't just have the best reputation in the marketplace yeah. they are also the organizations that tend to be the most profitable right and also so, treat your employees as as customers internal customers oh, that, that that's yeah. exactly what i'm yeah, saying exactly. so yeah. so so you, you know people go into hr because they're people people right so they need to use that to make sure that, I mean, not all managers want to be people people, but if you are a manager, if you get the job title manager, you've got to at least try to be one. So, so HR and L&D people who support, train their line managers to build better relationships, that's at the heart of it. Right. That generates that strong culture. Right. So we've, we've spoken about how as an HR professional, What's my role in the uh, PM process? So it's, mm. it's consistency, making sure that it's relationship-based and being a support for the line managers. Mm. Now, let's take that to the executive team or my senior management. I'm going to take, say, a couple more things, though. Sure. HR also, you know, they should be involved in the design of okay. the HR process. They shouldn't that's, just yeah, be farming key. it out to outside people. They need to be business partners continually working with line managers. And that might mean every single year or every single time that there is going to be another mid-year review, going back to line managers and finding out what help they need. It means supporting line managers. It means role modeling. You know, if yeah. the HR department aren't doing amazing performance management, yeah. nobody else will be. So they have to be role modeling it. They have to do, be doing that data analysis. You know, as I've already, I keep saying this, I'm going to say it again. Performance management is an amazing source of information. And there's lots of phrases, data analysis, um, HR analytics, knowledge engineering, evidence-based management. These are all the same thing. Yeah. And what they mean is taking the information from individual performance management meetings, putting them all together, finding out if there are common themes and making good decisions based on it. Yeah. And finally, the role of HR is advocate. Oh, that's brilliant. That's, that's so true. HR, HR needs to be the biggest fan of performance management in the organization. They need to be talking about it at every opportunity. They need to be as excited by it as I am yeah. and as angry <laughs> as I am when I see passionate. it being done badly. Yeah, passionate. That's the word. So, and I think that has a lot to do with being the right advocate and being a strong advocate. Mm. And that's that has a domino effect on the executive team wanting to genuinely support you yeah. in, in the performance management process. So how else can I, as a senior um, leader, support the okay. performance management piece? Okay, I'm going to move away from the word support. I'm going to say two things. Senior teams need to do it. They need to actually do performance management. And they need to believe in it. They need to they? believe in it. They, but, but, you know, that, that just doesn't mean that they don't need to talk about it. Let HR talk about it. Yeah. They need to do it. So that, that's, need... that's before sponsoring it. Yeah. That's not, not just sponsoring it, but getting your hands dirty. Yeah. I mean, how often do you and I deal with organizations where we're taken aside by the HR department who says, actually, the CEO and the senior team, they don't. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, let's. That's a separate podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, so performance management, almost more than anything else, um, if and if the senior executive team wants to take it seriously, they've just got to do it. 
They've just got to do it, and they've got to be seen to be doing it. They've got to be role-modelling. They've got to hold those mid-year meetings. They've got to write good quality information coming out of it. You know, I don't want to name names, but I can think of plenty of organisations where if, if, if only that happened, you know, HR want it to happen, if the senior team actually performance managed their direct reports in exactly the way we've been talking about, yeah. then you'd, you'd get, you'd, I don't use the word trickle down, there would be a waterfall effect and it would go down through the rest of the organisation. So, yeah, role modelling would be very important yeah. with this. Okay, so um, a lot of organizations are doing away with the traditional performance management piece, and we've spoken about how this needs to be an ongoing process. So should performance management be about recalling the past or future focused? Because at the moment, what we're doing is we're talking about what have I done Hmm. rather than, you know, what am I going to do differently? Well, the answer is, of course, it's got to be both. But... The future is much more important than the past. The past has already happened. We cannot change it. The reason we talk about the past is to learn from it in order to make the future better. And let's be honest, we're also talking about the past to draw, I've used this phrase before, draw a line in the sand, make a summative analysis and say, how did we do? Because it's on the basis of that question that we can generate reward incentives etc monitoring and evaluation yeah so there is there is a degree of of necessity we have to look at the past but the only reason we're doing it really is to plan for the future Hmm? How how does performance management drive employee engagement or even giving a better employee experience okay all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna i've already said probably the biggest answer list which is hawthorne effect um <laughs> you're the biggest let, champion aren't you we we know that people join organizations for organizations and they leave organization because of their bosses or line management yeah absolutely yes. so you, you want employee engagement have line managers build good relationships with their staff And I'm not talking make friends with them necessarily. I'm talking about good business relationships based on trust. Good working relationships, absolutely. And I'm going to use the same phrase again. We are social mammals. We like company. Even the introverts like to be recognized, like to have occasional limited attention from others. So it doesn't need to be done with fanfare, but it needs to be done, you know, regularly. There's a phrase, I I think it comes from Tom Peters, which is catch people doing something right. Yeah. It's so so important. That's true. Yeah. So just a nice email or, you know, a quiet note of appreciation or, you know, just just a word privately. Yeah, well, that that goes a long way. I'm going to say, you know, there are too many emails buzzing around organizations. And I know that there are new high-tech alternatives to email, Slack, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think doing what we're doing now, talking effectively eye-to-eye, face-to-face, yeah, um, with, a, with that half-smile on your face, which I can see <laughs> right now, that is what's most important that's what every employee deserves to have with their line managers and irrespective of cultural background that's important it really is 
Yeah. All right. So regular check-ins or milestone meetings. Well, just look at what any good manager does. Yeah. Both. When I talk to good managers, what they're saying is, yeah, 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 I have the quarterly meetings that are prescri prescribed by the organization. Yeah. And actually, I'm talking to my staff, my people, my employees every week. Yeah. So that's part of performance management. And Absolutely. That's the, that's the problem because we don't recognize that as managing performance. Yeah. Performance management. And I think the lines blur between performance management and a performance review. Yeah. Because that's people more often than not misinterpret them for being the same thing, which they're not. One yeah. is part of the other, which yeah. is a review is part of management. And if people are having these regular check-ins that are evidence-based, in other words, I can, you know, you, you've just done this piece of work, I'm looking at the output, it looks good, it looks bad, whatever. And yes. if those regular check-ins are being recorded, so managers are carrying around a day book or the modern equivalent of it, whatever it is. Your phone. <laughs> your phone. <laughs> that is performance management. So yes. when it comes to the milestone meeting, it could, could well be that the good manager says, well, we talked about this and we agreed this, right? We talked about this and we agreed this. In other words, the, 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 the suddenly the milestone meeting takes 20 minutes because yeah. that manager has already spent the last couple of months having serious conversations on a, on a very regular basis. And it's more natural, it's more fluid yeah. because the relationship and all of the grunt work, if we can call that, that's been done. So the relationship has been established, the report is there, and you don't really have to then, then it doesn't seem cumbersome, does it? Yeah. It seems more natural, more sincere. Yeah, yeah. So if there's one piece of advice or any top tips that you could share with the listeners, what would it be? From the employee's point of view, expect and ask for regular, meaningful meetings in person or on screen. Do not just accept email or form filling. From the manager's point of view, um, build those relationships. Even if you're introvert, make the effort. People appreciate it if you try and give them attention, even if you're not very good at it. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be perfect at this. Yeah. Um, but if managers are trying to build relationships, that will be noticed and appreciated. From HR and L&D, which I see as basically the same thing, take performance management seriously. Don't stick it in a drawer. Don't shred it. Don't shred it. <laughs> Use the information that is given to you. Read it, analyze it, try to put it together, try and use it in all the ways. Some of your performance management information will be quantitative. Yeah. So you will be able to create HR metrics out of it. Yeah. Do it. Some of it will be qualitative, so there you just have to get the feel for how the organization is going. But the point is, HR and L&D should be taking performance management seriously. Okay, and the last tip, as I've already said, for senior management is do it. Actually take part. Don't just be a supporter. Don't just be a sponsor or a champion. Yeah. Don't just stand up in front of people and say how important it is. Actually performance management throughout the people who report to you. So action it, mm. bring it to life. Yeah. So if I were to summarize today's conversation, mm. consistency, make it meaningful, mm. ownership, mm. humane, 
relationship-based mm. recognition, trust, transparency, alignment, yep. and for HR to be an advocate. So do you think these are the key things that I need to be focusing on, whether I'm an HR professional, management, managers and employees? Our, our audience is mainly HR and L&DP. Yeah. So, so, I'm, so f- for them, you can't be an advocate of something that you don't completely understand. From the outside, performance management can look a little bit dull, but I hope our conversation has demonstrated that that once you climb inside it, it's really important, really interesting. It's the cutting edge of management and leadership in the organization. It's critical. It's essential. Yeah. 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 And and you use the word passion, passion. You need to find (laughs) the passion for performance management, because if you do, as an HR person, you will start to create good performance management in the organization. Thank you, Harry. This was very, very informative and very interesting. So to all our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And thank you, Harry, for being on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for being on. So for more information on Oakwood International's qualifications and short courses, head on over to our website, www.oakwooddubai.ae. So I'll spell that for you, www.oakwooddubai.ae. You can also access our blogs and the podcast there. Join us next time where we talk about the changing face of HR in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia with our associate, Alan Frost. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Bye.